Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an SB Nation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Will Chase, joined tonight by Elaine Shercliffe and Rachel Buells. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, peachy. Peachy. Um, good. I wish the weather was nicer. I, I don't mind fall, except for when it rains. Oh, is it raining there? Yeah. So. It's, it's been nice today. It was like 70 and sunny. Oh, well, that's nice. It's raining up here too. It's been raining like all day and it's been really dreary and crows have been flying into my window. Not creepy when you live (laughs) by a cemetery at all. Yeah, that's really, yeah. So anyway, on that note, um, so Elaine, so we have some Cleveland Monsters news to kind of go over real fast. Monsters only contracts, including Justin Scott, Dylan Simpson, Brad Teeson, Tyler Secura, so what are your thoughts on these guys before we get into the rest of them? Well, it's nice to have Dylan and Scott back. Dylan Simpson and Justin Scott back. Justin wasn't offered a contract from the Jackets. He was an RFA. Supposed to be an RFA this year, but the the Jackets let him walk. And the Monsters decided that he was so beneficial to the team that they wanted him back. He was part of the leadership crew last year when everyone kept going up top and you know then Dalby was injured. So that left just Dylan Simpson being a form of captain from the beginning of the season and Justin then stepped into an- another alternate role. I-, I didn't see the jacket signing him. It wasn't a shock when they didn't sh- sign him, um, but he does bring a lot to the monsters. He's willing to teach people. And if he can't do it, if he can't get the skill down, he knows how to explain it to each player. So that's um, when you're in a developmental league, that's very important. Uh, Dylan very Simpson, true. same thing. He, yeah. And, and for Dylan Simpson, he um, last year was AHL only. They signed him again for another year, which is also good because there's not much defense down there right now. Um, So he will be the veteran leader. I'm sure they will put him on the first line with Gavin Babruther, who the Jackets signed like a few uh, during free agency. And then Brad Teasing came back, and I didn't think they were going to sign him again because 
they have Kivlenix and they have they have Vavalainen and then Tarasov is overseas. So if he comes over, that's three goaltenders. But Tyson got signed again, and he's also going to still be a coach. He'll be wearing the double hats and probably doing color commentating on games he's not he's not playing in. So that's kind of that's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's actually really cool to see, um, especially when like you're on the at the end of the games. I towards the end of the games, I go downstairs. So I don't have to like get caught in traffic before coach comes out for post game. And if he is color commentating the game, it's kind of cool to stand behind him and listen to him talk because he'll be sitting on the glass where um, right to the left of the goaltender for the monsters, whichever one's in net. So he'll offer you like this different ice pers- on ice perspective that you don't normally get to hear from AHL commentators. So. It is. It's a really cool dynamic. Yeah, Tyler is the one I'm most excited about because he's just really good getting through the neutral zone, keeping a play going, and setting up plays. He was the number one point scorer for the Ice Hogs last year, and his brother was the number two scorer. But his brother is now with Vegas in the Vegas system. But he, Tyler, will bring this whole other sort of energy to the team, especially if he plays with a guy like Dalpy or Trey Fix-Wolanski. It will be really cool to to watch him. I want Monster fans to know that like it's a really good signing because he's also not afraid to go scoop up a rebound, like literally chase it down and then just like fling it into the net. And he knows a lot of goaltenders' weaknesses. Um, he knows when he has to play fancy and when he can just get like a really dirty blue collar goal. So he'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I was gonna say, Rachel. I don't know. If you're as up, I mean, I'm not really as up on the monsters and certain players, but we do have a common name, I guess, that we all would know in Gabriel Carlson. So the Blue Jackets gave him a two-way deal through the 2021-22 season. So do you have, do you guys, what are your guys' thoughts on Carlson on that contract? <laughs> Uh, well, like you said, for all things monsters, I defer to Elaine. She's the expert. I do. I am. I really am only familiar with them as they come through the pipeline into Columbus. Uh, and I have always really enjoyed when Gabriel Carlson plays. I think he's, I think it's difficult on a team like the Blue Jackets to be some shining defensive star because there's, you know, only so much shine and so many of those, you know, defensive players are, not stealing it they're earning it but anyways I think maybe in other programs he would look even better and I think he has a lot of room to grow and be developed especially playing you know with the Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski's of the league and you know Vlad and Sav and he's got a lot of good people when he works with them that he can uh, improve you know but just by being near them so exciting for him that he's going to still be around and yeah I mean they get tons of practice when they're you know, bouncing between Columbus and Cleveland. So I, I have to imagine that accelerates their growth. Yeah, Land, did you like the signing? Yes, I very much did. I agree with what Rachel said about him having a lot of room to grow and being developed. His ceiling is is still there. He, it's, I don't, I'm not, he has a fairly high ceiling. He hasn't hit any place where he's going to stalemate yet because every year he just gets better. He... Uh, would like Rachel said would in any other program would probably be playing in the NHL more consistently so he 
It's my understanding that their goal is to keep him and Clendenning up in Columbus. For Gabriel, I think that would be the best because he he can come off the bench and not be rusty. Having him practice with guys like Gavrikov and Savard will just make him that much better. And if they want him to focus more on offense, having him practice with someone like Jones and Z will just launch him to the next level. I know some people have questioned his ability to be offensive. And while he does not get on the stat sheet as much as, say, Rowenski, he still knows how to drive a play. He knows how to set a play in motion. He, you know, he'll get a rebound and he will start the play to go down to get to the to the offensive zone. So he he might be like what would be considered like a third assist or he gets the play in motion and then gets off the ice. So he's he's often forgotten about and looked at as as, as if he wasn't isn't a good player offensively speaking. So I think this will give him the chance if they keep him up top, give him the chance to grow. Google is telling me that this man was born in 1997. So I don't think we've even come close to scratching, you know, his full potential. And it's awesome that he's so young and getting to play with uh, such a defensive group. So there's that. Yeah, I guess he can learn, you know, from Jones and Wierenski and, you know, we'll see what he can do. Right. I mean, you never know with this team and their injuries. You never know (laughs) who might have a shot at the roster next year, but. That's the other thing. Yeah. He could pull a Gerby, you know, one of these. Well, let's hope not. I mean, you know, like, let's not, let's hope that we're not at such a point where we have so many injuries that we're, you know, having to put players in real pressurized spots like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that, uh, I think people say that pressure creates diamonds or whatever. So if that were the case for him, he could really have an opportunity to shine. So we're still waiting to hear about Calvin Turkoff, Ryan McInnes, Kevin Stenlin, but what are your, what are your thoughts on those three as far as going forward? I'm excited to see where they end up. It's my understanding that Calvin, they're very close to signing that contract. I know he's definitely going to be two-way. He won't be up in Columbus a lot. There's just too much talent. He is good. He does have a ceiling. They keep putting him at wing, though. And honestly, when he played in the WHL, he was a center, and he played very well. He thrives at center. Two seasons ago, John Madden would throw him on center just to test some things out again, and he would have a multi-point game. So he is definitely a true center he needs to be somewhere where they're going to embrace him being a center but he has been working on molding himself into the wing role and at lower lines other than the first or second line so he's not afraid to just like get better and be a a utility player I guess you could say Kevin Stenland I think they're looking I know that He'll probably be, it'll, it's, he was probably offered a two way, but I feel like the way that the Jackets have talked about him, especially coaching staff, is I think they want him to stay up. Like, I think they want to stay up in Columbus. Interesting. So, yeah, like that would be super interesting to, to watch. Ryan McInnes, I really hope that he's around for like a multi year contract because he just keeps getting better. This past season, he was playing the best hockey of his life, was so good, so consistent, which 
you know, the, somebody, I, I said a bunch of really nice things about the way he plays and someone brought up to me that at the end of the 2018, 19 season, I was like, I don't get why he's here. And I'm like, yeah, well, because that season he didn't play well. And it's a huge testament to who he is that he took that summer and just got better. And he just continues to get better. And I think eventually we will see him in the NHL, but I think he'll start in the the AHL. Stenland always impresses me when he comes up to play. Like, I'll be like, I'll hear the cannon. I'm like, who just scored that goal? Oh, Stenland. Like, awesome. (laughs) Great. Like, glad to have you here. So yeah, Elaine, you just spoke much more thoroughly on both of them than on all three of them that than I am able to, but I always know, like, I feel like I always notice when they are called up uh, and you know, this past season was weird because of all the injuries, but I think that that gave everyone uh, who was paying attention a nice little like look into the future of what uh, you know, the blue jackets are developing in Cleveland and it all looks really good. Promising. Yeah. You'll be taking, you'll be taking their pictures sooner than later. And I, I know you so. have with at least mm-hmm. a couple. So yeah, I have some good ones of, um, Gabriel Carlson, he's always smiling. I always catch him smiling during warmups. So that's what I assumed that you probably had some pictures of like Carlson mm-hmm. and Stenland. He's the, like mm-hmm. Carlson's the best when it comes to the photos because he thinks that you don't see him smiling and he's like trying to get that game face and then he'll like turn and smile because he's so mm-hmm. happy to be on the ice. And it's like, dude, it's your smile is so bright. He <laughs> like, can't be missed. Him and Gavrikov always have the happiest like pregame demeanors. Like they're always just like goofy. Yes. So, anyways, yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to taking more pictures of them regularly, and I'm looking forward to you know being being back doing that at all. But uh, when the you know season resumes and hopefully post pandemic yeah. and everyone's good to go, uh, that'll be really fun. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, real fast, Elaine. What are maybe some of the other things that you are either anticipating Cleveland doing to finish their roster or things that you would like to see them do? I would like Columbus or Cleveland to get more defense in there because as of right now, they have Gavin Bayreuther, Wyatt Newpower, Dylan Simpson. And then the question marks are Andrew Peak, Adam Clendenning, and Gabriel Carlson, but like I said, Clendenning and Carlson, it sounds like they want to keep them up. And then there's two guys that have contracts with the Jackets who haven't played for the Monsters, and that's Tim Burney and Jacob Christensen. And honestly, I don't know much about them. I wish I did. I actually kind of forgot about them, and I know that's awful to say as a beat reporter that you kind of forgot about two people, but like they haven't been up there or even really talked about, so I kind of... I I wonder if they're ready to come play, but that still leaves. They need more defense. So my biggest hope is that Chris Clark signs Steve Johnson to an AHL contract for this year. He started out last year as a PTO, had an incredible like three weeks, and then they signed him to an AHL contract for the rest of the year. So I would really like to see him come back because he already knows the system. He knows the coach. He's already in North America. So he doesn't have to worry about like leaving leaving a, a team overseas to come and play. So, but yeah, they just need they need defense. I was looking at the forwards are actually pretty stocked. They could probably use just maybe like a few extra pieces for the fourth line. Other than that, I, I'm actually last week on the podcast I was like they don't have anyone signed. I felt like and 
I was looking at the list again and I'm like, they're slowly building the parts. So defense, they need more defense. They need a deeper defensive pool. Cause if we only have three people <laughs> down there right now, a hundred percent positive, that's, that's not good. True. Yeah. Rachel, did you have any thoughts about anything you'd like to see with Columbus or Cleveland? Yes. Uh, Well, I I don't know. I guess I feel like I already said, which is I love the development that's happening there, which then allows when we think we're in a shitty situation, when we have so many injuries, then we're able to pluck players up and it's like, oh my God, we're not missing a beat. If anything, we're willing ourselves back into playoff contention. So that's that's my two cents on on all that. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. So I was, I woke up to really random news. I think all of us probably, but I did not expect Doc Emmerich to be retiring, which it's, you know, it's great that his career is awesome. I I mean, who wasn't a fan of Doc? He was like the voice of the NHL on like Wednesday night, any game, any big game you could count on Doc. And, uh, you know, I was thinking earlier, it'd be awesome that ever, like if I ever had the chance to interview Doc, that'd be so cool. But I know we've all heard Doc. We should get him on the podcast. Yeah, maybe now in his retirement, he'll have more time. You should ask. Yeah, I was thinking that, but uh, that would be really cool. But yeah, we'll kind of go around real fast. Rachel, I'll start with you. Any Anything, like anything that pops out, uh, big games, big anything that you think of. Yeah, so I'm a little bit newer to uh, being an NHL fan. Really, it's just been like very intensely these last two years. But I, I will just say... As far as the impression and the impact he's had on the game, I mean, I just saw so many like really touching, really beautiful tributes and like moments, like people sharing their favorite moments with him or, um, you know, when he called a game that was, you know, so exciting or whatever. And I just was like, oh my God, what an awesome guy. Good and good for him that he's retiring. Like, I. Man, I'm <laughs> looking forward to that myself. So good for him. I'm sure he feels a lot of, you know, pressure and people like that who are such like figureheads in their respective fields you never want to see them leave but I think that he has really carved a spot for himself as far as calling you know holding that role for decades and then now someone else gets to you know kind of create that same career for themselves so I think what he did is really special and cool 
I just, I love Doc so much. His ability to change lives without meeting people is, I, I think, speaks to the true volume of who he is as a person. A few years ago, I think it was during the All-Star Game, there is this program called Hockey Ministries, and it's a group that works with hockey players who are Christian, and they talk about their faith and how it, it drives their life and how it drives them through the sport. And I was struggling with like keeping my focus and my stress down before the game and before post-game presser. And, you know, I was trying to find different ways. I was like, I could eliminate coffee, but then I would probably fall asleep, like in between periods, bad. And he was telling them in this interview with them that he reads like devotionals beforehand, he prays beforehand. um, And then he has like this intentions booklet when people come up to him and ask him to pray for things and he writes it down and he prays for them every single time. And I was like, oh, I guess that's like something I could try. And so I ended up buying a, a ring that has like it's it has a decade of the rosary on it. And that's what I do before puck drop now is like pray a decade of the rosary on my finger. And then um, right before post game too. And it's, it's, he's right. Like for someone like me, for someone like him and I, who, who our faith is like very important to us. And we use it as like so much a part of us. Like for me, that was very calming. And it definitely took my writing and my question abilities to the next level. Cause I was able to clear my head and like, I've never met this man and he changed my life and my career like so much. And you just hear all these stories about him as being this kind, warm, like gentle type person. And I just like, I want to be him. <laughs> like one day I want to be on his level. Yeah. So for me growing up, I just remember Gary Thorne was one of the main hockey guys. And then it went to Doc when they went to NBC. But yeah, Doc is, you know, it, it just, I love his, uh, I guess the, the main thing that kind of sticks out is, is his uh, vocabulary because he can, I, I saw something earlier today. It was like, yeah, like a hundred ways to describe a slap, like a shot or a pass. And it's just, he just brought everything to life. You know, it's under like, that's like the understatement. Like, obviously he brought every broadcast to life and he was just, he had the great voice. And so anyway, good luck to him in his retirement, whoever they get to replace, I'm sure he'll be great, but you know, you don't really replace a guy like doc, but anyway, I just wanted to definitely go over that real fast. And then the last topic that we had, so I have barely any, input on this i don't even know if i've ever had jets pizza but the blue jackets have a new pizza (laughs) sponsored it is jets pizza taking the place of what was papa john's and like i said i don't know if i've ever had it but uh and they're from michigan i'm looking at the cannon blast that pd put up today and what's really funny i wanted to mention this so nathan horton is the picture that he put with the pizza and i was like that might be the most relevant nathan horton blue jackets picture that he's you know, handing out the pizzas or whatever, but uh, that was Papa John's back then. But <laughs> what are you? What are your guys' thoughts on on this? Okay, I'm just gonna jump right into this because of everything we've talked about so far. Of course, pizza is where I feel you know like the most strongly, yeah, and sure. uh, the, you know that whatever that's not true. But uh, okay, so <laughs> when I, where I grew up in the northernmost suburb of Toledo, like a stone's throw from the cornfields of Michigan, Jets Pizza is like the thing. Cause it's a Detroit based company and my, like all of my public school, like we had uh, once a day or I'm sorry, once a week was Jets pizza day. 
I think it was Wednesday. So that was like the pizza that I ate growing up. And like, I don't really feel one type of way or the other about, I think it's average. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like it's good. Okay. So here's the thing. So their crust is awesome. And they have these like big square pizzas. And I love the corner pieces really freaking good. Papa John's, uh, here's the thing. They've got that garlic butter that really just sends me. And mm. Jets doesn't have a... Right, right. Mm-hmm. But pa- Papa John's as a company is uh, problematic. And I know that they ousted, ousted like the Papa John himself um, for, you know, different racist rantings and ravings. And like that's, you know, so I, I'm, I'm glad to see the Blue Jackets, you know, not pay a company but you know and he's not with them anymore whatever it just feels like um it's like it probably was a good time to like split and then go the other way i am i am fascinated to know how this is going to affect like i just feel like so much of the branding and the like between game activities like the they were like the the support like the spirit team is called like the Papa John's Pizza Squad or something like the, Papa John's feels very tied in with the Blue Jacket sponsorship culture. So I will be interested to see how the Jets, yeah. uh, you know, how this partnership unfolds. Are they the Jets Pizza people now? I hope to God that this is the end of the pizza song. Mm. I know that's a contentious opinion among us, uh, but I'm I'm just like this feels like a nice like fresh slate we are moving forward towards maybe not bigger and better things but different things Ryan's favorite song. And good. <laughs> yeah, yeah ugh, i oh god miss me with the pizza song i get like like hives on my body when that song comes <laughs> on in the arena so that that's how i jets pizza let me just be clear though even though i grew up like eating it uh it's perfectly average it's not like i honestly like i just i don't feel any type of way about the pizza but it's uh i don't know i think it could be an interesting new corporate partnership that's i'll say that it's interesting that it's a michigan company too instead of i don't know something closer or just not michigan so right and when they play the winnipeg jets like what are they gonna do like right yeah that's that's so funny yeah (laughs) i didn't even think about that my thoughts i have a few thoughts (laughs) first of all I I don't know anything about Jets pizza because one, I have a gluten allergy and I don't even know if they have gluten-free pizza. So I don't even know what it tastes like. But also I grew up, you know, like not far from Chicago. So when people tell me pizza is like good, I, I question them <laughs> because usually they're wrong. Uh, so it brings me great joy that you were like, it's perfectly average because that's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Nothing Thank special. you for that. <laughs> I would say for like a knock, like not knock up. It maybe of mainstream pizzas is the closest to like a Chicago deep dish style. Like it's definitely closer than Papa John's, but it still is not that. It's not saucy enough. The the, the dough is very thick, but it's not. I don't know. I, maybe compared to the two, it would be more enjoyable. I prefer like a deep t- dish chicago style pizza and i guess you would consider papa john's to be like a new york slice type situation but it still isn't like i would be insulted if someone compared jet's pizza to like a nice chicago deep dish right well and then there's like so i feel like after growing up there there's like middle to north side is more like uh deep dish and then the south is more like super thin crust, really good thin. And I haven't had anything 
thin in Ohio. That was actually like good. So my other my other thing though is I love the pizza song and I know everyone, I think I am literally the only one. Here's the thing, I don't think I think the people that hate that song don't know the true joy of celebrating a jacket's win by going into a bar, getting having a few drinks, and then convincing the bar to turn on the pizza song because you just ordered pizza and then dancing to it while you're a few drinks in, like, and getting the whole bar riled up. Like, I just feel like if more people experience that, they would love the pizza song so much more. <laughs> Maybe if I was drunk in my seat at a Blue Jackets game and had uh, one of the spirit squad whipping an empty pizza box at me, I would have more fun during <laughs> the pizza song. But I'm like, working, waiting for this GD song to end so that I can, the game can just keep going and people are flinging pizza boxes and everyone, you know, everyone's, oh man. And those boxes hurt. God. (laughs) I've fortunately never been hit by one, but I mean, I watch people, I watch people trip over themselves and other people like trying to, like it gets pretty rowdy. So I'm just like, oh my God, is this over yet? Yeah. Right. And there's not even actually pizza in the box. And people are like knocking children over no, to get a box empty. that has a coupon in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, oh my God. What's correct. worse? Though, That's exactly what happens. <laughs> what's worse though, the chili chant or the pizza song? I prefer the chili chant because isn't that after three goals? So that's always like we're winning and like cool, chili. Yeah, chili. Here's the thing I would eat. So I would live up pizza for the rest of my life if it meant I never had. I don't. I hate chili. I don't like chili. <laughs> I prefer the pizza food to the chili food. I prefer the chili chant to the pizza song. It's a very complicated dichotomy. Yeah, I, I, you know, whatever. The vibe is always better for the chili. Yeah, the vibe is always better for the chili song. It, chili chant, except for when it's after a hat trick and people are like. They're trying to celebrate like three things at one time and it just overloads the fans. And even like you watch the poor power, like the power patrol people are like, wait, wait, are mm-hmm. we, are we helping throw hats or are we throwing or like, are we handing out chili? Like, are we chanting chili? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I prefer as a, as yeah. a, as a musical piece, I prefer the chili chant to the pizza song any day of the week. Well, <laughs> I guess that's going to take us up to the end, but I, I love pizza. That's all I've got. I, I don't know if I've ever had Jed's pizza, but yeah. But uh, that's, that's going to do it for us this week, and we will catch you all next week. Subscribe to the Canon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating, and as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to jacketscanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us and follow us on Twitter at CBJCanon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Howlin' Moons. Check out angelapearlie.com for more music and show dates. Mm-hmm.